I am the vine, you are the branches. If you've been with us, that is our I am statement for this week. It is the final I am statement series in the series on I am statements of Jesus. And so that tells me something. That tells me that this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And next Sunday starts the first Sunday of Lent. Whole new series, not currently cooked up yet. So just so you know. But that means we need to start preparing our hearts for the Lenten season. And I think this particular metaphor will do, help us do that. So let me, let me pray real quick. God, thank you for this message. This statement that I am the vine and you are the branches. Let the truth of that metaphor transform who we are as we prepare our hearts for Lent. In Christ's name, amen. I am the vine, you are the branches. We got any, we got any like people who have their own winery, distiller, grow your own grapes? Anybody? It's another one of those metaphors where I'm like, I don't know. Unless you've grown your own vineyard, <laughs> this metaphor will have less direct impact on you. Maybe if you're a wine connoisseur, maybe you pay more attention to the grapes. I don't know. But I was, when I was, I was uh, a long time ago, I actually applied to be a youth pastor in California. The pastor had his own vineyard in the backyard. I'm like, this is an interesting church. The pastor grows his own grapes. I've never done that. So I have no idea what it means to cultivate them. But I know this. They take constant care, devotion, intentionality to grow. You don't just go, hey, I'm going to start a vineyard this afternoon in Starkville, Mississippi. Good luck with that. First of all, the climate, not going to happen. Second of all, the, the, I don't have the intentionality. I don't know about you, but I do good to get to work on in the morning, let alone be intentional about something like that. So it takes to cultivate a vine branch, a wine branch, a grape branch, excuse me, I'm all over the place with this, to cultivate wine grapes takes constant intentional care, takes just the right climate, takes a vine dresser to go out and to clean them, to literally lift them out of the dirt and wipe off the mold and to keep them healthy. Hence the metaphor. So Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. So that tells us a couple of things. One, there's that intentionality and care. The success of your vineyard is entirely dependent on the vine, the main vine. The branches will do nothing. This is literal. This is Bible, but it's also true. The branches will do nothing apart from a really good vine branch, stem, main part. See, I know nothing about them. You get what I mean? The vine has to be healthy and strong for the branches to do anything. The grapes can literally ferment on the vine if they're not cared for. Because they get mold on them and they age and they become not healthy and a vine dresser, in the, in the ancient Near East, I did a, little bit of, did a little research this way, though. We picture they literally, to dress them and take care of them, will lift branches out of the dirt and clean them off. So part of it is, when you talk about pruning or you talk about caring for, they'll literally lift them up and clean them. That takes some intentionality. You can't just like, okay, psh, you're clean. You've literally got to go to the branches and pull the branches that are in the dirt, gathering mold, and wipe them clean so that they will grow and be healthy. So that's an interesting picture. I've given you as much familiarity with vine and grapes as I have, okay? From a little bit of internet research and some clues. That's it. I have no idea. So you can always dig deeper. But it does tell us some stuff about Jesus, does it not? I mean, it sounds a little bit like the, exactly like the passage, right? 
Let's look at that passage. This is John chapter 15. It's one of my favorite gospel passages in all of Scripture. Just the the poetry of it and the way Jesus talks. This is starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can, I, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear, bear, my Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I have said these things so that your joy, my, that joy may, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we'll stop there. So. Jesus, Jesus takes the metaphor, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and then he goes with it and explains it. He explains it much better than I did in the intro, just talking about grapes. And I almost said the same thing Jesus said. Vine good, grapes good. Vine not so good, or grapes not so good, it's because they're not connected to the vines. what Jesus is saying, right? So he's got this real clear mental picture, especially if you grew grapes back in the ancient Near East, which none of you did. <laughs> but what does this metaphor create, tell us about Jesus? He says, I am the vine. So from a spiritual, theological standpoint, Jesus is saying, I am the source for you. If the, vine, if the branches are not healthy apart from the vine, he's the ultimate vine. He's the best vine. He's the best vine you could be connected to. He even says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a really important thing because we always like to think that we go do stuff for God and look back at God and go, see what I did for you? How awesome is that? You ever been there? Look, I've been to church every Sunday for the last five weeks. How awesome am I, God? We get the cart wrong a little bit. It's the connection to the vine that makes the church going and the church doing and the Jesus doing stuff possible. Jesus says, I am the source for all that. I am the true connection. I am the true vine. I am the ultimate source of life. But what's really interesting, if all the metaphors we've done with the I am statements, this one incorporates two more players. Did you notice? He says, I am the vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. And you are the branches. So for most of the I am statements, it's been what does it reveal about Jesus, right? I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. We've talked about those. In this case, he says, I'm the vine. Then he incorporates God the Father. He says, God the Father is the vine dresser. And then he incorporates us into the metaphor as branches. 
So in this particular case, there's more players than just Jesus. It reveals some things about God the Father, and it reveals some things about us. Which every time we talk about these, we talk about what is our response to the metaphor. It's a little more on the nose this time because we're the branches. We'll get to that in a minute. But he talks about this vine dresser. Jesus and the Father are one, but the Father is named as the vine dresser. He is the one who is intentionally... Remember I said, a person who's keeping a vineyard has to do what? They have to go almost branch by branch and clean it up and lift it out of the dirt and prune it and take care of it. And that's the picture of God the Father in this passage. That it's God the Father who pursues us. It's God the Father who prunes and corrects and changes us, the branches. And if we're not a part of the vine in the first place, we're pulled away. If the vine dresser goes out and finds a branch that's disconnected and laying on the ground, he's going to literally pull that away and throw it away. Because what would happen if it stays around? Mold and disease would be contaminated, contaminating the branches, right? So he's going to remove it if it's become disconnected from the vine. He's going to tend to the ones that still are. It's God the Father who lifts us out of the spiritual dirt. It's Jesus that gives us the strength and the life and the ability to bear fruit. And God the Father is the vine dresser at work in our life. Jesus said that about God the Father. He says, my Father is always at work. We take holidays. We take Sabbath. We take President's Day and Monday. Not so God the Father. God the Father is always at work. God the Father is able to be the constant, caring vine dresser. Intentional. Pursuing us. Acting in our life. Removing things from our life. It's a pretty controversial passage when you get past the vine and branches part. Because what does he say happens with this whole pruning thing? The branches that are not bearing fruit. What happens? They're cut away and burnt. Right? They're removed from the picture. And at first glance, you go, I don't when I, when I read this when I was in high school, I'm like, am I, am I connected? I mean, it's one of those passages, right? Wait, wait, which one am I? That's a worthy question. Are you connected to the vine? Because if not, whew, this is a scary passage. Cut away and burned sounds like a hellfire and brimstone sermon, doesn't it? If you're not connected to the vine, you're going to hell. My Southern Baptist, my Southern stuff coming out of me. I mean, but it's true. It's true enough, right? If you're not connected to the source, if you're not connected to Jesus, where are you? You're in the mud and dirt, and in this passage, removed, thrown away, and burned. You better make sure you're connected to the vine. That's part of the sermon, right? can't sugarcoat that. The scripture doesn't sugarcoat that. He wants us to know if we're connected in the first place or not. But if you're saying, okay, cool, because I'm connected, I'm good. Anybody, you know what I mean? You get pruned too. The healthy branches get clipped too. Nobody gets a pass from the vine dresser. If you've broken away from the vine and you're not bearing fruit, you're removed. That is a, that is a gospel presentation. That is a make sure you're connected to the divine truth. That's true. They're right when they say that. But if you are connected to the vine and you're not bearing fruit, what happens to you? You get pruned too. You get trimmed too. 
you get the edges burned out of you, the bad stuff taken from you, but you also get washed, cleansed, and cared for by the vine dresser. And you are also connected to the one true vine. So it's not just a scary passage to make sure you're in good with God. It's also a grace passage that says if you are connected to the vine, you will bear fruit and you have the constant attention of the vine dresser, God the Father. <laughs> right? <sighs> That's good news. That's what we call the gospel. If you're connected to the vine, it's good news. But it also implies there's something for you to do. It also implies that you should be bear fruit. You see, the Father is always at work. The Father is always cultivating. The Father is always pruning. The Father is always lifting us out of the dirt. So the question becomes then, okay, how are you pruned? Look at verse 3 again. I've read this passage multiple, multiple, multiple times, and it's one of my favorites, and I caught something this week. I was like, wait a minute. Look at verse 3, because it comes early, and then it has something to do with later. Jesus says, you have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. You've already, if you belong to the vine, if you're connected to the vine, you've already been pruned by the word. That Jesus' truth, Jesus' life in you, if he says, I am the vine and you're the branches, if you're connected to me, I will remain in you, says that he's already filled you with what you need to bear fruit if you belong to the vine. But it also says that it's God's word that prunes you. That's an important piece of information. Because if you ask, how do I get pruned? Because <laughs> that, that doesn't sound fun, right? Parts of who you are cut out and burned. That doesn't sound fun. How do I get pruned? Verse 3 says, God's word does the pruning and the cleansing. That spending time in Scripture, that reading the Bible is meant to shape and prune us to bear fruit. We read it and go, oh, that's a good spiritual truth. Oh, that's awesome. When you read Scripture, it ought to make you uncomfortable. It ought to make you, James calls it a mirror, that you see yourself and you walk away and forget what you saw. Right? And he says you have to go back to the mirror to rightly see yourself. Great metaphor as well. We could do whole metaphors of the Bible. That'd be fun. Mirrors, vines, all kinds of stuff. When you look in the mirror, you go, mm, that hair's out of place. Where'd that wrinkle come from? <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever it is, you rightly see how you're, yourself, how everybody else sees you. When you walk away from the mirror, you're like, I'm good, even though you got like, who knows what's going on up here, you know? Like, you think you're good and you're not. And it takes looking in the mirror to go, I'm not good. It takes being connected to the vine to know that you're good. It takes the Father coming along going, you see this in your life? We need to prune this for you to know you're not good. Where else do you get that information except from the vine and the vine dresser himself, the Word of God? And so when you read Scripture and you go, this says I should be doing this. Whoops. How many times have you had that reaction? Like, ooh. You read a passage, you go... I'm not like that. Maybe I should do something about it. Or you read that passage and go, yeah, that was for back then. <laughs> How do you address Scripture when it's in your life? What is the impact of being connected to the vine? Jesus says that you will bear fruit if you're connected to me. 
That, it's the fa- that the Father is glorified when you bear fruit. That you ought to be bearing fruit. And that I will prune you so that you can bear more fruit. God's not sitting around going, I can't wait to cut some branches off today. God's not a tormentor. God's not going to punish you when you mess up. If you've got unfruitful branches, God the Father will prune them for you. That's not always comfortable. That's not always fun. But the intent is not because He wants you to be uncomfortable. The intent of being pruned is to bear fruit. I'm going to tell a story on Matthew. You hear Matthew? Matthew told me the other day he wants to grow his hair really, really long. You know, those beautiful curls, he wants them out here. Whatever. And the haircut person told him, guess what, Matthew? We have to trim it so it'll grow out long in a healthy way, right? <laughs> Matthew said, stop talking about him, so I will. But you get the idea. That we, when you trim something, it makes it healthier. That when God removes something from your life that ought not be there, it's not to punish you. It's so that you will bear more fruit for Him. Because when you bear fruit... Jesus tells us in this passage, God is glorified by the fruit that you bear. And it'd be really easy to take this passage and go, oh, I've got to be a better Christian and bear fruit. But Jesus reminds us, apart from me, you can't bear fruit. Apart from the source and apart from the pruning of the vine dresser, you cannot bear fruit. So it's not you... The, grape doesn't, the branch doesn't go, I'm going to bear some grapes today. That's not how it works. It's the strength of the vine and the care of the vine dresser that makes the branch bear fruit. That's true for wine, wine vines, grape vines. And it's, I keep calling them wine vines for some reason. It's true for grape vines. I should have found an agricultural major from state come preach this sermon or something. It's true of grape vines, but it's also true of us spiritually. If we're connected to the vine and the Father prunes us, we will bear fruit for the glory of the Father. Now that's really vague, Charlie. All right, so let's get particular. Let's talk about our response a little bit, shall we? If that's the metaphor, what role do we have to play in this? Look at verses 4 and 5 of chapter 15. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So our response, therefore, is to abide in the vine. Now, a physical plant, it's easy. Is this branch connected to the vine or not? We can see it. We can disconnect it. (laughs) We can choose to do that. For us, our response to Jesus as the vine is to figure out how to abide in Jesus. Big fancy church word, abide. How can you break that down? How could you be more practical with that? Well, if the word is what prunes us, if the word is our source of strength, if Jesus is our source of strength, then abide means to rest with, to hang out with, to stay connected. I've seen another translation say, those who are connected to me and I in them. Hey, we call this place connection. That's a good idea. To stay connected to Jesus is to abide. What can you do? And I'm asking this rhetorically, but what do you do where you feel the most connected to God? Is it worship? 
Is it serving? Is it spending time in Scripture? Is it prayer? Is it all the above? I hope so. (laughs) But what is it that you do Monday through Saturday where you feel the most connected to God? On Sunday, Sunday's a freebie. We all come and get connected to the vine in worship, in song, in prayer, in communion, in the sacraments, and everything that we do at church. Duh. What about Monday to Saturday? If we're only connected to the vine on Sunday, Monday through Saturday is rough. He says, abide in me, which implies that that practice of abiding needs to happen beyond Sunday morning. Does it not? Because if that's when you go bear your fruit, if, he, if you come here for your connection, if you're running all of this, if you come to connection for connection, then Monday through Saturday, you've got to remain connected somehow. Prayer, reading scripture, singing praise songs in your car so the person at the stoplight next to you thinks you're crazy. If that's your own personal church driving around, cool, you know? What is it that you do that makes you feel and help you connect to the vine. Now, it's a two-way street. You can pray, you can sing, but that scripture ought to prune you if you're spending. If you really are abiding, then it'll work into you to transform you. The second part, he says, verse 7, this. This is another response that we have an option for. This is what he says in verse 7. If you abide in me... And my words abide abide in you. So if you are connected, if you are cultivating that connection, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So our response is to abide, to build a connection with the vine. And Jesus says, if you're doing that, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Genie in a bottle? No. If I'm connected to the vine and His Word is transforming me, then my heart and my desire will be aligned with His. So does it not make sense that my requests will get yeses? That if I'm genuinely connected to Jesus, and He's transforming me to be more like Him, and my love for Christ is growing, and my desire to be like God is growing, what am I going to ask for? Things that either align with His will or things that will make me more like Him. When's God going to say no to that? Never. The promise is true. If my heart's lined up, I'm going to get yeses. If my heart is connected to a different vine, if my heart is connected to the vine of money, and I go, hey, you said I could ask whatever I want and I'll get it. A million bucks next week would be great. I mean, God could give it. I don't know. But how likely are you to get that request? It doesn't work that way, does it? If our line thought and desire and heart is what God wants, and I ask for what God wants, I'm getting a yes. So our response is to cultivate this connection to Jesus so that when I ask for something, of course he'll say yes. How could he not? I wish all three of these were A's, but abide and ask. (laughs) There's two responses. The third one's not an an A A word, otherwise it would work out perfect. Look at verse 11 through 13. Actually, 8 through 10. No, 8 through 10, sorry. 8 through 10. He goes on further. My Father is glorified in this, 
that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I, so I have loved you and abide, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Do these things, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Do these things so that joy will be complete. So, here's what happens. Jesus says, abide in me. If you ask for something, I will give it. You will know that you are connected to the vine. You will know that I abide in you if you keep my commandments. Of course, if I'm connected to the source and my heart is aligned with God... I am going to live in the way that God wants me to live. This doesn't work in reverse. It's not go live the way God wants, and then maybe he'll connect me. It's the opposite. I'm connected, so of course I do that. But he throws in another word there. He says, abide in my love. We've already talked about abiding in word, right? Letting the word of God speak in our lives. But he says, abide in my love. And why would Jesus say that? connected to keeping commandments. Because we know that what Jesus teaches about how to keep all of the commandments is to keep the two most important ones. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as himself. In that rests all of the other commandments. Jesus' words in a different context. So what is Jesus saying? If you love God and you, and you abide in my love and you're loving toward others, you will be my disciple and you will keep my commandments. It's not, look how many commandments I've kept, now accept me. It's, I love you, now I'm going to live the way you want me to live. The commandment part gets easy if you're genuinely connected to the vine and love God. Because I call Jesus a source. It's not like Jesus goes... Good luck loving people. If you're connected to the vine, then you have the power coming from the vine to be loving. We're called to love others the way God loves us. The model and the source is Jesus himself. The way to love, what love looks like, is demonstrated by Christ himself. Verse 11 through 13. I have said these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. Not commandments. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. There it is. He set it up. Then he adds this caveat. No one has greater love than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. Verse 14, which I did include, he says, you are my friends. You are my friends. So when Jesus says, love God, abide in me, my word will abide in you, it will prune you, it will empower you to keep my commandments, and my commandment is to love your neighbor the way you love me. Let me give you an example, the best, highest form of love, to lay down your life for your friends the way I laid down my life for you. Love is sacrifice. Love is risk. Love is intentionality and care. Love is all the things we said about the vine. What matters is which vine are you connected to? 
Jesus says, I am the true vine at one point in this passage. I'm the real deal. I'm the true source. Abide in me the way I abide in the Father. I'm modeling it for you. If you're connected to me, your heart will be aligned with me and you will keep my commandments. He says all those things. But if you are connected to the vine of wealth, if you are connected to the vine of relationships, if you are connected to the vine of career and status, what will the fruit be? What will the source be? When you don't make money, you're lost. When the relationship ends, you're desperate. In other words, these other vines that the world invites you to connect to will never satisfy you. He says, I have given you this command. I have given you this connection so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. God doesn't just go, hey, be productive for Jesus. He says, if you're connected to me, not only will you be loving and love others, but you will be filled with joy. In other words, he promises a return on the connection. But if you're going out there and you're searching and connecting to other things, other vines that are not the true vine, you're not going to bear fruit for the glory of God and you will not be filled with joy. It matters what vine you are building your connection with. This word abide is a church word or it's a Bible word, however you want to put it. But it's basically what you meditate on and what you worship and what you spend your time and your investment and your energy in. If you abide in gaining wealth, it could disappoint you. Maybe you're good at it, but it won't fill you up and it won't give you joy and it certainly won't give glory to God. If you abide in relationships, significant other, influential relationships, those people will disappoint you too. They're people. They're not evil, they're just people. But if your existence is based on a relationship with somebody, that can leave you empty. If your existence is having the right status of relationship or the right position, and then you lose that position, where are you? But if you abide in Jesus, it doesn't matter what's happening here, here, or here. The size of your bank account, the size of your house, the status that you have, none of that matters if you're connected to the vine, the true vine. Because he promises joy anyway. And there are plenty of scriptures that say this, in times of trial, be filled with joy. Which is like, what? It's because you know in those times of trial, you know in those times of hardship, you have the true source. And if you abide in him, he will abide in you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Because best of all, huh, some people knew what I was going with that, right? That's John 15 in the summary every Sunday. Best of all, if you abide in the vine, God's with you. I am the true vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't go try to do it yourself. When I used to work for Youth for Christ, Missions organization. I was a missionary to teenagers. That doesn't make me super spiritual. That was just my career before I became a pastor. But when we had, when we had these evangelism trainings, step one in evangelism training, they would say this from the stage, and it still resonates in my brain. The first step toward reaching a lost world is a step closer to God. 
And what they meant was, you want to make a difference? You want to share the gospel? You want to invite somebody into faith with Christ? Spend more time with God first. Cultivate your connection with the vine. The fruit will be there. The first step toward a lost world is a step closer to Jesus, was their point. And that's what John 15 is saying. You want to bear fruit? You want your joy to be complete? You want to be fulfilled no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what, your, what else is going on in your world? Connect yourself further and deeper and stronger to the vine. And yes, he might prune you. But he also promises that your joy will be complete. The vine you connect yourself to is the one that transforms you to look like the vine. What's our response? Abide in the true vine. Ask him for anything. And, and love the way he has loved you. Let's pray. Gracious God, we confess this morning that you are the true vine. You are the source. You are the one apart from which we can do nothing. We confess the words of this passage. But don't let them just be words. Let them be a source. Let them align our hearts. Let them fill us with joy so that we know you like never before. Not for our own glory, not for our own joy, not for our own accomplishment, but so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.